Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old school wisdom and new breed tactics to achieve this end. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be talking about pragmatism. So pragmatism is something I touched on in the episode on red herrings, but this is going to be taking a more granular and introspective look at what pragmatism is and what it exactly is as a philosophy, as a worldview, as a paradigm. Different people have differing opinions and ideas of what pragmatism is. So to clear up any confusion and any type of lingering doubt or jargon around it, we're just going to head to the dictionary and see what the dictionary has to say about pragmatism from an objective point of view. So of course, I had to hit up the Merriam-Webster edition and see what they said about pragmatism. So I looked up the definition of pragmatic and pragmatic is relating to matters of fact or practical affairs often to the exclusion of intellectual or artistic matters, practical as opposed to idealistic. Used in a sentence, pragmatic men of power have had no time or inclination to deal with social morality. And that was said by this guy named K.B. Clark. Pragmatic is closely linked to another word. And that word is utilitarian. So utilitarian, it means something that is designed to be useful or practical rather than attractive. And the philosophy is relating to or adhering to the doctrine of utilitarianism. Use in sentence, he is a utilitarian theorist or he is an adherent of utilitarianism. And utilitarianism is a philosophical movement that is slightly related to this and that is outside the realms of pragmatism and this discussion today. But utilitarianism and utilitarian and pragmatism are very closely linked. So it pretty much means pressing forward and achieving objectives without any BS. So when you hear someone who is a straight shooter, someone who is considered quote unquote blunt, someone who is down to earth, matter of fact, practical, realistic, these are all synonyms of pragmatic. When you hear someone described as that, that means they're a pragmatist. If you hear someone say, oh, he's a very pragmatic person, then this is what they're referring to, whether they mean to or not. They have an idea of what a pragmatist is up in their head, but objectively, pragmatism is just shooting for the target, shooting for the mark in as short a time as possible with as little friction as possible. Why pragmatism? Why are we talking about pragmatism why do we have to be concerned about pragmatism so pragmatism in my view is a way to really deal with a lot of the problems the mental problems that afflict us as a society today as i go throughout my life and as i go and talk to different people and i go and consult with different people Uh, I do consulting work and as I just go throughout my travels and as I just go throughout the world and I talk to people and when I get feedback 
on my writing on Unstoppable Rise and elsewhere, I get a sense of this sort of passivity and helplessness that comes across in a lot of people's communications in terms of what they're saying and what they're saying on the surface and how they're expressing themselves. And passivity, when someone feels passive, when someone feels helpless, they are a prime candidate for using escapism to escape that. Obviously, as human beings and as creatures who want to move towards pleasure and enjoyment and comfort and away from pain, escapism seems the best route to take that if you have no other options. So when people feel trapped, they resort to escapism just as a default. And pragmatism, in my view, is a easy way to deal with the escapism that is so pervasive in modern society in various forms, subtle or large. So pragmatism is a counterbalancing to escapism. In my mind, pragmatism and escapism cannot coexist to a significant degree. So the larger your amount of pragmatism is, the lower or the less you're going to escape from you're going to escape from life less your escapism is going to be. And that also goes vice versa as well. So pragmatism is a way to deal with all these problems and it's a way to actually start moving the needle forward in areas that are important to you. So from a lifestyle perspective, what does this look like? How does this apply to a, a question? So the two questions of pragmatism you need to ask yourself is, one, where are you at right now? Where are you at in your life? And then two, what can you currently do with your current life situation? Life circumstances, we all have different life circumstances and life circumstances do matter. We all have different talents. We all have different abilities. We all have different inclinations. All have different resources available to us. And to sum it up, life just simply isn't fair. But with the philosophy of pragmatism, you ask yourself, how can I influence my life situation to be better than it is now? Because for most people, your life can be better than it is now. Uh, most of us are not bedridden patients in a hospital with a terminal illness, and most of us aren't in war-torn third-world countries, and we have no access to resources at all. All of us can improve our life situation in some aspect. And in comparison to those very stark things, life looks like a cakewalk because we have a lot of resources that we're not using and a lot of things that we can be doing. But if you don't have the mindset of pragmatism and the philosophy of pragmatism, you're not going to see that. So pragmatism is asking, where am I at right now? And what can I do right now to influence that? That's it. That's pretty simple. And pragmatism is something that we don't inherently have. We not, we're not inherently brought up with pragmatism. It's something we have to learn as we go out in the work world and as we go out in life in general and as we go out and try to apply ourselves in the direction of a goal we want, in the direction of an outcome we want. We learn that certain things are counterproductive, certain things are productive, and we ask how can we tip the balance in the scale 
of the life and our life situation, how can we tip that to be more pragmatic and be more productive? We start asking ourselves this, whether consciously or subconsciously, and we start making adjustments. But pragmatism, because it's pragmatic, it's being purposeful. It is purposefully asking yourself, what can I do right now, right now to help me achieve something? And that, again, is the essence of pragmatism, just being action-oriented and being... Uh, being somewhat in motion. So being in motion, um, it can be counterproductive and it can be productive, like I just alluded to. So counterproductive motion, what is it? It's busyness. The culture, we have a culture of busyness in Western society. I'm not exactly sure how it is in other parts of the world, but I think in general, a lot of us are Bit, quote unquote busy and a lot of us say we're busy and we all of us say we don't we're too busy we don't have enough time we are bogged down by our responsibilities we're bogged down by this by that the other and we just don't have time for seemingly important things because most of us are confusing motion with action so that motion is counterproductive Productive motion is obviously taking purposeful steps and deliberate steps, which are usually a lot harder towards a certain goal or towards a certain outcome. And that, again, is the essence of pragmatism. So going back to the culture of busyness, busyness is a doctrine we're indoctrinated with when we come up in our childhood, in our teens, in our socialization process. We're not socialized to be pragmatic and proactive, really. A lot of us are socialized to be take more of the easy way out. And a lot of us are socialized to be passive and wait for things to come towards us. There's a lot of reasons for this. Part of this is the schooling system, which perpetuates this cycle of passivity and just waiting for things to come to you because at school you're not really doing any active learning. You're just absorbing information from a teacher or some other quote-unquote authority. And you're expected to, again, somehow go apply those skills and that knowledge in the real world. But in my opinion, school is the antithesis of being pragmatic because you're not applying these skills. You're not using these skills. You're just learning knowledge and you're just absorbing knowledge. So that's part of the socialization. The other part of the socialization goes back to evolutionary reasons. A lot of us obviously don't want to experience pain, so we move towards pleasure instinctively, and we use some sort of method of escapism to prevent that pain as much as we can. Most of us have to go to work, and we have to work somehow. We have to work for our money. So in this time for working for our money, we come up with some all these sort of methods to make it seem like we're busy, make it seem like we're productive. And this is where you come into a lot of the management psychology regarding pragmatism. So there was this guy named Peter Drucker, famous management psychologist, very brilliant man, and he's a personal hero of mine. And he's also how I really start to think about myself in terms of my work and my production, my output, when I read him many, many years ago. And any of these thought leaders of productivity, like, for example, David Allen or Cal Newport or Brian Tracy 
or anyone you can think of, they owe a huge debt to Peter Drucker and the field of productivity within the world of work most likely would not exist without him or it would be very, very uh, shallow without his contribution. So Peter Drucker, hats off to you. Um, so Peter Drucker had this saying where he said, very simply put, what gets measured gets managed. That's it. So a lot of uh, places at work do not have measurements of productivity and measurements of how to improve. So since there's no measurements, anything can go for measurement and anything seemingly is productive. Going to the other thinker I just mentioned, Cal Newport, in his book, Deep Work, he called this the metric black hole. And in this metric black hole, he has two sub-definitions of what contributes to this seeming loss in productivity. So one of them is the principle of least resistance, which he states that in a business setting, without clear feedback on the impact of various behaviors to the bottom line, we will tend towards behaviors that are easiest in the moment. And in the absence of metrics, tangible metrics that aim towards improvement, most people will fall back on what is easier. So that is one part of the metric black hole. The other part is busyness as a proxy for productivity, as I just mentioned. He said, in the absence of clear indicators of what it means to be productive and valuable in their jobs, many knowledge workers turn back toward an industrial indicator of productivity, doing lots of stuff in a visible manner. So this deep workbook is one of the ways I was introduced to pragmatism as a philosophy, not only for work, but also for life. But I was introduced to it earlier when I started reading Peter Drucker. And this pragmatism philosophy was solidified more so when I became a consultant and I started working with various companies who did not have clear metrics on how to proceed forward. They were just using busyness as a pro proxy for productivity and using that as some way to say we're making progress and calculate some form of saying this is what we did over the course of a year this is how we're making progress quote unquote progress and we need more money to fund our businesses and operations because if you can provide saying we did x y and z we shuffled papers around we looked busy you're going to get more funding you're going to get more money that's just how it is especially if you work in government Government has no idea of what productivity is. Government is very wasteful just inherently because they don't have any incentive to produce anything of massive value in comparison to the money they're getting from different agents for different agencies. So th the different agencies will just waste money and people who work in government will just waste time and waste all this stuff. As long as the minimum is done, uh, nothing else matters. So we're just going to keep wasting money, keep wasting time. And next year, we're just going to get more funding. So people just in society, just in general, does not have a philosophy of pragmatism and advancing forward towards meaningful and purposeful goals. I think it's pretty obvious by now that if you want to apply pragmatism to your work life and into your personal life, you're going to need to have, again, goals. A lot of 
productivity and self-development and self-improvement points towards goals. Goals are very, very, very important because you can't hit a target you can't see. So having goals you set every day, every week, every month, every year will provide a visible visual representation of something you have to hit. It doesn't provide the system. It provides a clue to the system. But if you have a goal, then you have some inclination of, okay, this is what I need to do. What's the next step? So going back to your personal life, again, pragmatism and acting pragmatically is very difficult because there's no clear, there's no clear, there's no manual on how to live a good life. Obviously, There's different philosophical systems you can follow, religious systems you can follow, how you were brought up, your upbringing, your values, and all of that. But life is very ambiguous and has a lot of gray area. Obviously, you have the more obvious rules of don't kill people, don't steal, don't don't show up late to work or else you'll be fired. Uh... Don't drive on the wrong side of the road. All of these things are very obvious, but then you have the very subtle ones that added up over time and as a congregate lead more towards a meaningful life and a more productive life and a life you actually want to live and not escape from. Because again, that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of people are using escapism in whatever form to avoid consciously changing their life they're using social media they're participating in the validation contests of social media posting highlight reels of their life and focusing more time on social media than they are in real life they are just shuffling papers at work not really progressing towards skill-based work they are just sitting and watching tv or netflix or playing video games excessively and obviously a lot of people are living for the weekend so that in of itself wrapped up is just escapism because there's just so many routes to escape there's just so many routes to um, not put your best foot forward and not be pragmatic so that's what a lot of people do because they don't have the philosophy and they don't have the worldview they don't have the mindset of pragmatism So what all this escapism does in the long term is really damage your emotional foundation and your ability to cope and deal with hard things. Because obviously life can be very difficult. There's a lot of hard things in life. There's a lot of distressing situations in life. And you're going to have to learn to deal with them and not escape them. But a lot of people have weakened their emotional ecosystem and their emotional foundation so much by constantly running away that they just don't have any reserve, they don't have any backup fuel to funnel towards being pragmatic. So again, in the the absence of useful metrics, you're going to turn turn towards what's easiest, and what's easiest is escapism. Life is full of a lot of hard decisions, and you're going to have to make those hard decisions eventually. But A lot of people like to push those decisions and kick the can down the road, metaphorically, because they don't want to have to deal with it. And when you don't make a decision, when you don't make a decision in the moment, you are safe. You are definitely safe. You are not having to deal with the anxiety of dealing with a decision you may have 
made wrong and you don't have to deal with the consequences of a bad decision. But eventually you'll have to make that decision and that decision will come back around. So you're going to have to deal with it eventually. And the more time you start, you spend pushing it away, the more anxiety builds up around it because you're anticipating it and you don't know how you're going to deal with it. In my work as a consultant, I encountered a lot of small problems that became big problems because they weren't dealt with right away. A lot of small issues just built up and someone did not address it and it eventually just became something more massive than it should have been because, again, there were no useful metrics around it. And then two, because these people did not have the philosophy of pragmatism. So they end up spending more time and more money trying to fix something that should have been fixed eons ago if they had the philosophy of pragmatism. So pragmatism is very, very effective and very useful in all spheres of life. So one of the decisions you're going to have to make, one of the important decisions you're going to have to make as an adult is how you spend your money. Because... How you spend your time is a very important decision, but the fact of the matter is time is always being spent regardless of whether you want to spend it on something or not, but um, money, the money you get from working, the money you get from putting in time at a job or at a place of employment or on a project, you're going to have to decide how to spend that money. That money is not automatically going to be spent, so... That's a decision that requires pragmatism. And in that subset of pragmatism is how you're going to spend your money to get closer to freedom, financial freedom, or farther away from it. Because a lot of people have a lot of debt in the form of credit cards, student loans, car payments, all that stuff. I've dealt with all of that. But debt repayment, if you want to become financially free and have financial independence, you're going to have to get rid of debt. And how are you going to deal with that? You're not going to deal with debt by just running away from it because it's just going to build up and become more than it should have. You deal with it by facing it head on. You deal with it by facing the dragon when it's a baby dragon and killing it instead of letting it be a big fucking dragon and then trying to fight it that way. So debt requires pragmatism. I'll give you one example from my own life. Several years ago, when I started working, I obviously did not have a lot of money, but I had little responsibilities at the time, um, and I had student loans to pay for. I had a student loan I had to pay back to my college, and when I got the statement in the mail, I had to make the decision of, should I pay it now, or should I pay it later? And obviously, you can delay debt as much as you can. You can just kick the can down the road. You can just pay the minimum or not pay it at all. But I went through a decision-making uh, flowchart in my mind. Uh, I think very, uh, if A, then B, then C, then D. So I meant, I went through that decision flowchart in my mind. And I said, well, I'm not making a lot of money right now. That's a fact of the, that's a fact of the matter, but I also don't have a lot of money that's being spent on stuff like rent and utilities and a car. I wasn't paying for a car at that time, and 
all these other things. So I said the best use of my money in terms of just getting that paid off it's, is to just pay the debt right now. If I could pay all $5,000 of it, I would just, the best solution would be to pray, pay it right now. But I couldn't have paid it right now. I couldn't have paid it right then. So I said, what is the next best solution? The next best solution is to throw as much money at the problem as possible. So just pay it off as quickly as possible. So I took that decision. I did that decision and it, it worked out for me because in a matter of, I think it took about, it took about three or four months after just throwing as much as I could at it. And I even slacked up a little bit, but throwing as much money as I could at it, it eventually uh, paid off and they sent me the slip in the mail saying, you've paid this off. So that later down the line, when things get more complicated and I get more obligations and all of that, that's one less thing I have to deal with. And that's one less thing I have to worry about. That's one less problem I have to figure out how to solve. So pragmatism, when it comes to stuff like that, is very, very, very useful. Another situation where pragmatism helps is deciding on what you're going to do for work. Because obviously, you only get money from working. So, And working is a large portion of our life. So you better be sure you're at least tolerant of what you're doing. And if you're not tolerant of it, how can you find something that fits your knacks and your inclinations and what you want to do while giving you a good amount of money at the same time? So that cross section is pragmatic. Thinking about that cross section is pragmatic. But regardless, many people have to make the decision of what they're going to do for a living. So when you make the decision of what you're going to do for a living, you think about where am I right now? What am I doing right now? And what do I want to do? For example, I was working at a design firm a long, long, long time ago. And this was right, pretty much right when I finished college. A long, long time ago, I was working at a design firm. And I figured out this is not what I want to do. And this is not providing me any sort of value in terms of my long-term career. And I want to I want to pivot to something very similar, very adjacent. So I thought about what interested me, what were my values, what did I want to achieve in the next 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. And going through that values exercise, design and being a designer did not match up with that. So I figured out and I found out very quickly that a lot of my skills and my inclinations, especially as a writer, I had been writing online for about 10 plus years at that point. I found out that a lot of my skills and inclinations lend themselves well to copywriting and just writing different content. A lot of people found it very hard to put words on paper. I found that very easy because that was just something that I had a knack for. And I found out that is a key skill in something like digital marketing. So eventually, I ended up getting into a position where I was using these writing skills very frequently and writing copy and studying under a mentor who was teaching me about how to write good marketing copy and tweak my marketing copy. And eventually, that led me deeper and deeper into different aspects of 
marketing and business, especially e-commerce. And that has led me to pretty much where I am today, doing a lot of consulting work for different branding and a lot of positioning for companies. But none of that would have started if I did not, um, if I didn't think about pragmatically, okay, where am I right now and where do I want to be? What a lot of people do is, where am I right now? I don't feel as if I can get to where I want to be. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to numb it out. I'm just going to tune it out. I'm just going to escape. But I've never been someone for escapism, really. I've definitely had times where I've dipped into that massively, especially in college. But as a general lifestyle trend and a lifestyle trek, I did not build my entire life on escapism. I built it on expansion and growth and just seeing what is possible for me. And that lended itself well to pragmatism and practical application. So what are some ways really to think about pragmatism and incorporating it into your lifestyle as a whole? Well, the first one, first of all, is to think about where are you right now in terms of your skills, abilities, talents, general life circumstances, and where do you want to be? And then secondly, how can you influence where you are right now to where you want to be? If you are a novice in tennis, it is very, very difficult and it's, it's pretty much impossible to believe you're going to win the, win the Grand Slam next month or next year. That's pretty much impossible. So knowing that's a virtual impossibility, one in a, a two trillion chance, you ask yourself, what's the next best step? Well, the next best step is for me to get more coaching. The next best step is for me to actually go to my lessons every day. The next best step is for me to practice hitting a ball against a wall for a thousand repetitions every day. Those are very simple things, but they're the next step. The next step may not be a giant leap. It may not be a sizable leap. It may not even be a significant, it may not even be a measurable leap, but it is still a leap and it's still a leap in the right direction. You should always have the mindset of leading into the second point that something is better than nothing. I remember one of my friends, he was complaining about how his job paid very little and it wasn't even very little. It was just less than he wanted. And this was going on, that was going on. And he was just very ungrateful for what he had. So I told him to think pragmatically. I said, having this job is better than having no job, right? You'd be better off having this job and making some money than making no money. Because there's people out there who are wishing they were in ex your exact same position that they had the problem of making too little money. So you always have to think in terms of gratitude. Pragmatism is really a philosophy centering around gratitude and giving thanks for where you are right now, but also advancing and not using that as an excuse to hold you back and prevent you from getting to where you actually want to be and not being just simply, quote unquote, content with where you want to be, with where you are right now. 
always pressing forward towards a goal or pressing toward towards an ideal. So that's pragmatism. Thirdly is to really reject the philosophy and the mindset of escapism and poor is me, woe is me that a lot of people have. And when you talk with a lot of people, they'll say, this isn't fair. You know, this happened to me. Um, they did this to me, pretty much picking, <clears throat> depicting themselves as a victim, sorry. And that's not a mindset you want to fall into because you can say, this happened to me in the past. Maybe I may have been in a devastating car accident that wasn't my fault. I may have been born with a birth defect. I may have had this, may have that, that. And most people listening to this most likely will not have had that. But these things are still part of your reality. You can't change them. So again, where are you right now? And what can you do with where you are right now to get to some goal you have, get to some ideal you have? Fourth, I would say is embrace the idea of quote unquote death ground. If you've heard of Sun Tzu, the famous Chinese military strategist, in The Art of War, he talked about death ground. And I've also talked about death ground. And I'll put a link of the article I wrote some time ago regarding this. But Sun Tzu talked about death ground and his statement overall was if an army is cornered, then it will fight twice as hard to get out of that corner and survive. When you have no other options, when you have no other escape, you'll find a way or you'll die trying. That's pretty much the philosophy behind pragmatism, the driving philosophy behind pragmatism pretty much. I will make a way, I will improve my life, I'll improve my circumstances, I will get nearer towards this goal, or I will die trying. That's pretty much what it's about. And when you have that zeal behind you, zeal behind your self-improvement efforts and zeal behind your just entire life philosophy, then, man, I mean, the stars are really the limit at that point. Because... Death is the ultimate motivator, knowing that your time is short and knowing that it will eventually pass is the ultimate motivator. And Seneca talked about this in On the Shortness of Life, which I'll also provide a link to as well. I think that is mandatory reading for anybody on self-improvement journey. I think Stoicism and the Stoics were... Western pragmatists of the highest degree. So I think anything relating to Stoic philosophy, anything relating to Seneca or Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, any of those guys, it's great, great, great tool to have in the belt of pragmatism and being pragmatic. They will definitely show you how to orient your philosophy and your mindset to just focus on achieving the good and achieving the ideal rather than just looking towards the past and saying, I messed up on this opportunity. I didn't achieve this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You should forget all that. And Stoic philosophy is a very helpful philosophy for, for pragmatism. So hats off to the Stoics as well. And lastly, um, 
I think the final, final point of all of this is don't be, don't beat yourself up too much if you don't achieve a goal or achieve some sort of lofty ideal, especially if it's a very difficult goal that requires many points in the chain where things can break down. For example, I've said this before and I'll say it again. In America, we have a massive retirement crisis where a lot of people feel as if they won't be able to retire on time and they'll have to work until they die. And a lot of people are just not ready for retirement period. So my research I've done into financial, personal finance and just having good financial life, I've come across a lot of different things on sites such as like Business Insider, different books, different sources such as um, just this a whole bunch of different sources that are too long to list here. So every now and then on these columns for personal finance, you'll have somebody writing in saying, well, I am, I don't know, what, 45 years old or 50 years old and I barely saved anything for retirement and or I've saved nothing for retirement. So should I save anything at all or should I continue to save? And that question in and of itself is illogical. And pragmatism is obviously the antithesis of being illogical because that question is just saying that everything is going to end right now. So I might as well not even do anything. If the world was ending right now at that second that he wrote that question, then that would be a valid question to ask, but the world's not going to end. Things are still going to continue on. The world's still going to keep on spinning regardless of whether you save or not. So the answer to that and the answer that was given, it was just like, <laughs> of course, uh, you should save money. You should invest money. And would it have been better for you to have started when you're 20 years old? Would it have been better for you to start when you're 15 years old? Would it even be better for your parents to start a retirement account for you when you weren't even when you weren't even 10 years old yet of course it would be everybody wishes they had those advantages but we don't we have to deal with right here and right now so what is the next best solution next best solution is to start saving money right now because one day you're going to eventually retire and jonathan clements in his book uh what is it called how to think about money yeah he mentions this saying that you should Plan on living a longer life than you imagine, and you should plan on living a long life instead of just dying. Because some people say, well, uh, I'm only going to live X amount of years, or I may just die anyway, so why should I even save money for retirement? It's like, well, no, that probably, that most likely will not happen. That's just, again, another easy out for you to just say, I'm not going to do the hard work required to get to this end, so let me fall back on menti, uh, mental um, mental rationalizations and reasonings for not putting in hard work. So again, just doing what is required and doing the next best thing. It may not be the best thing. You may not achieve the goal of $2 million or $1 million at retirement. A lot of people aren't and a lot of people don't. But you can still retire with relative dignity. I'd rather much rather have 500 grand to pull from 
than just zero dollars. So doing the next best thing is essential. Whether you like it or not, time is passing anyway. Time is one of your resources. You better start using that time to accomplish things because it's obviously slipping away and you only have a finite resource. Whether you achieve your goals, whether you achieve them to the fullest degree in your mind's eye is irrelevant. The fact that you're even pressing towards a goal and you may achieve some of it is what matters because going back again, something is better than nothing. And that is the essence of pragmatism, making sure you have something rather than you have nothing at all. That's what pragmatism ensures by default. You may not get the gold medal, but I'd much rather still be standing on the podium than not even being mentioned in the same breath at all. It's not a consolation prize. It's still a prize given for putting forth effort. And you ask yourself, okay, I didn't win gold this time. How can I win gold next time? Optimization rather than perfection. Done being better than perfect. That's it for this one. Resources of things I talked about will be in the notes below. And I hope that this gave you some context and some food for thought. So until next time, take care. Of course, stay pragmatic.